What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man with the shiny white soul, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Yes, great white soul that I have. <laughs> it's great now because God made it so. Yeah, just uh, going through Ash Wednesday on Wednesday and going to confession and just the the enormity of peace that I received from it this this go around with a an opportunity that just opened itself. Yeah, I finished doing mass on Wednesday morning for Ash Wednesday, and I did the homily at that. And then I thought, you know, now's the time I can go to confession. And so I came over here to Holy Rosary. And on the way over, it was pouring rain, and there was traffic, and all these impediments were starting to fall in front of me. The bridge lift was going to happen. I just made it across the bridge, and the bridge lifted. And then I ended up in in a stop and go traffic. But by the time I made it to Holy Rosary, there was no line, absolutely no line. I've been going there for two decades plus, two decades plus, and I've always stood in line. And this time there was no line. So I just took that as a greatly ordained moment for me that God wanted me to come there and be cleansed. And what I talked about in the homily on Wednesday morning to the community is confession is like our supercharger for electric cars. You go and you charge up and you're refreshed. Mm. That's what confession should be like. Not this this view of a negative, like we're going to get chastised by a parent. I think that's what we put on in our minds, unfortunately, when confession is anything but that. It is a refreshing of the soul so that we can go and do the ambassadorship of Christ because that's what the readings were on. It was being the ambassador of Christ is what St. Paul was saying to us. And yeah, boy, did I, all week long I felt like an ambassador of Christ and I'm just on fire uh, in this Lenten season. Well, I love the way that you have done this because so often we kind of go through Lent and we know that Easter is coming, so we go to one of the reconciliation services in preparation for Easter. But what a great way to start Lent by going to confession And then, well, definitely go again as we get closer to Easter. It is a blessing. It is a mercy that we have in going to confession. I think that by starting off the Lenten season by confession, well, it's going to set you up to have a great journey as we go through these weeks. Many people are actually excited and looking forward to Lent this year. Right. I mean, how much of a Lenten season we've had through COVID. And as I did my homily on Wednesday, I just kept thinking of the fact that You know, the Pope reminded us last year that we need to turn our hearts back to God in the midst of COVID. Mm. And now here we are coming out of COVID and we have this compounding reality of the struggles in Russia and Ukraine and the battle that's going on there. So we get distracted. And I think that's the beauty of what confession does. It reorients us and Lent reorients us to not be distracted by all the things that are going on in the world, but be focused on the passion of Christ, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ in the season that we celebrated. Mm. And that's the way I feel right now, just like on completely on fire for entering into that passion, death, and resurrection. I want that as part of my lived experience this season. Not that I haven't wanted that before, but in 55 years to be this excited 
is the fact that we have a renewed childhood in our in our lives if we let God renew it. You know, we are coming out of this COVID season, of course, here in Washington, Oregon, and of course, California, we are on the verge of when opening up again. Now we tried this once before and of course COVID soared again. And so we went back to masking, but well, for this Lent and of course leading into Easter, well, we will be able to see each other again in a new way, in ways that we haven't been able to in such a long time. It does feel like, you know, that springtime, that, that mm. springtime is upon us. Of course, we do need to reflect during this time of year, reflect during over the last two years where we have come and where we have fallen short and how we can look at this Lent this year in a new way and say, you know, those things are behind me. Go to confession if you need to confess things that have happened and then let it go. And it allows us to look forward with fresh eyes. And one of the things I really felt inspired by the Holy Spirit to cue in on is that the sin does not define us. Jesus defines us. That's what being a, a disciple of Christ mm. is. And yet how often we let our sins define us Yeah. and define how we look at others and how we look at God. It just screws up our imagery completely, sin does, but it should not define us unless we let it do that. And Christ is saying, don't let it, don't let it define you come and shake it off at confession and let the priest's absolution be my absolution for you. I mean, that's what I felt so powerful today with father Mark's uh, prayer of absolution uh, over me, just this washing away and renewed spirit. Well, Scott, as we are into this Lenten season, you can begin with confession. And also there are great practices that we can do during our Lenten season. Many times people give up something and in place of that thing, they also choose to do something, right? So for me, a, a standing tradition in our family, my father, my brother have been a part of it because my grandfather did it. We give up alcohol. So I will join them once again this year in giving that up. But there are other things we can do. And, you know, it's a great time to let go of anxieties, right? Mm -hmm. And replace that with a practice that will really focus you in. So many people, especially as we were coming out of COVID, are back to work. Maybe they're finding work and they're trying to get finances under control. Well, maybe you want to give up excess spending this Lent. And so we thought that we would spend a little bit of time talking about that today. Coming up, we have a great opportunity. Ashley Mishike from True North Retirement Advisors is going to be talking with us. She comes on the morning show a lot to talk about finances and how to get control of them. Where We're going to talk about how by gaining control of your finances to letting go of those anxieties will allow us to better serve the Lord. And then after that, we'll share with you that in our time in our life, we're preparing for, for retirement at some point in the next decade or so, and we are being mindful of that now. We want to share with you some of the thoughts that we've had in our lived experience towards preparation for that to come. So stay with us. we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. The 40 days of Lent remind us of when Jesus himself fasted and was tempted in the desert. In the Bible, 40 symbolizes a time of struggle, purification, and rebirth. 40 weeks is the time it takes a child to be developed in their mother's womb. 
Noah in the ark watched it rain for 40 days and 40 nights, and then the people of God were reborn after the flood. Moses went up Mount Sinai for 40 days to receive the commandments, and the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years to find the promised land. Jesus enters the wilderness for 40 days filled with the Holy Spirit. There, the devil tries to tempt Jesus with the same things the Israelites struggled with in the desert, hunger, doubt, and obedience. But Jesus rebukes him, each time with quotes from the Old Testament. Let us seek a time of rebirth and purification these 40 days of Lent. This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Modern Day Radio. We know all that we have is a blessing from God. And we can easily see how good health or time with the family, well, that's what a blessing is. But do you ever think about your income also being a gift from God? Well, maybe not because... Well, we have to work to receive it. And for some, the harder you work, well, the greater the financial reward. But perhaps maybe you also worry about your finances. Do you have enough to feed your family or anxiety about your financial security in the future? Well, Lent may be the perfect time to set aside your worry and make a plan. Well, joining me today on the show is our friend Ashley Mishike from True North Retirement Advisors. Ashley is with us to help us understand the proper role money should play in our lives and how we can use it to better serve the Lord. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Brenda. It's great to be here with you. Ashley, the good deacon and I have been talking because we met with our financial advisor and we really realized that going into that meeting, we ourselves were worried that had we done the right thing, worried about what our financial advisor might think that, you know, a couple at our age kind of planning late for their retirement. Why do we have that kind of anxiety when we should be setting that aside? That's a great question. And it's a very common issue. I find that when someone comes to me for the first time, or even a client that I've been working with for years, um, often they're nervous about what I'm going to say. They don't, there's a lot of unknown there. So we're always sort of afraid of what lies on on the other side of what we know and, and that, that unknown, um, And so I think a lot of clients are afraid that I'm going to tell them there's no hope for them at all. Um, And most of them are surprised when I say, no, you're, you're just fine. Even if they haven't done the planning that they maybe thought they should have done. um, Many of my clients who are getting close to retirement, just the fact that they're thinking about their retirement and trying to put a plan and a strategy in place shows that, you know, they have done some work and they have done some planning and saving along the way. So I think most people are better off than they maybe think they are, especially those who are getting close to retirement. Ashley, what the good deacon and I realize is that we should have maybe been planning 
a little earlier. And now that we have kids who are just married, another child that's getting married, one in college who's going to enter the workforce, I feel like I want to give them some advice, some ways to avoid having that anxiety that we felt. So for young people who are kind of starting out, when should they kind of start planning for their retirement? Should it be you know, when they have those funds available to really put into a, a fund that will carry them through? Or can they do this long before they're ever married? Yes, absolutely. So if I could um, be at the graduation ceremony of every college university across the country, I would sit there and pull people aside and say, with your very first paycheck, start setting money aside. Even if it's you know, $10 or $5 a paycheck. And the key is for young people in their 20s is to get into the habit very early on of setting aside money for the long term. So this would be different than money you'd have in an emergency savings. But most young people coming out of college, they're not going to have a high paying job right away. So most likely they're going to be eligible for something like a Roth IRA, or maybe if depending on the company that they go to work for, they'll have a 401k or some type of retirement plan there. Even if you can only save 1% of your income or a few dollars a month, it's that habit and starting early that is so important because as their income grows, it'll it, it, they will have already started the habit and it's not something new that they'll have to do. The, the problem is, is when mo- many people start to only think about retirement retirement when it's much closer, when they're 40s or beyond. And then they've missed out on 20 years of saving for that. So the earlier you start saving, the more likely it is that you're going to stick with it. And also the less you're going to have to save over your lifetime because you just started saving so much earlier. And the eighth wonder of the world, as I call it, compound interest really mm-hmm. kicks in the longer you're invested. So there's a lot of things going for the person who starts saving uh, in their 20s. So I would be sliding paperwork to open a Roth IRA to all of your kids. Oh, I love that. And Ashley, I am probably going to send them your way for sure. Ashley Mishike is joining us today. Ashley is with True North Retirement Advisors. Ashley, we have entered into this Lenten season, the time of prayer, fasting, almsgiving, and it's a great opportunity, actually, I think, for couples to have this conversation because, well, you might be spending some time giving some things up. Maybe what you're going to do for Lent is give up the spending of things that you you don't need. Mm -hmm. That can be a way to serve the Lord, too. Can I share your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I, I actually, unfortunately, um, I have, it's already Lent and I have yet to officially decide on what I'm going to give up for Lent. But I, when I think about it, the goal is to do something that's going to help me grow spiritually and to detach myself from the things of this world. And of course, money is a, is a huge attachment that we have, and not just money itself, but the security wealth, our possessions, our homes, our cars, like these are all, these all act as handcuffs that keep us tied down and often prevent us from living in a way that the Lord wants us to, or, or, you know, living his will, because it's like, oh, you know, I'd really like to do that. I feel that the Lord is calling me to do that but I'd have to leave my job. So money and the things that money 
buys in our life often is a big hindrance to living the will of God in, in our lives. And I even find that in my own life. And it's a constant struggle to, to try to separate, you know, what is my will and mm-hmm. what is God's will. And um, so there are lots of things that I think people could incorporate into their Lenten observances that would help them grow spiritually. Um that have to do with money. So, you know, it's always giving up something. Well, maybe instead of giving up chocolate or soda or wine, which I could never give up wine for lunch. I'm I'm too weak. (laughs) Sure. But, you know, maybe there's an area of spending, um, or a particular spending habit. Uh, One example is even just going to the grocery store. So do you go to the grocery store with a list? Do you, do you ever buy anything that you, that would be like a treat for you or something to kind of treat yourself where instead of maybe for Lent, you only buy necessities, or maybe if you spend too much on eating out, or you'd like to cut back on uh, purchases of like discretionary things like clothes or shoes or, you know, whatever the thing is that you like to spend money on that maybe has become this attachment, that would be an area um, to, to look at because it would help you grow spiritually during Lent, but then also um, obviously help with your finances as well. Ashley, I think many people would probably look at money and think, well, yeah, I've worked hard for it. I should be able to spend it. But we don't think about the gift that it is from the Lord and being able to do that. And for those couples, though, who maybe are have a lot of anxiety, it's difficult to make ends meet in a given month. Uh, it, it can be a stress to be able to bring up those conversations about finances, about how we spend the money. When you have couples that come in and are having difficulty going, uh, how am I ever going to not work? This is our life. How, or maybe they don't even want to talk about it at all. How do you can work with a couple and say, okay, here's how we're going to open up this conversation about using the money to get where you need to be in your future? Perception... I often find perception is very different than reality. So the, where I always start is with gathering the information. So what is your social security income going to be? Looking at their assets at other sources of income, maybe they'll have a pension. And then the goal is to try to figure out well, these are the income sources that you have and the assets that can provide income for you. So is that going to be enough to live the, a, a lifestyle that's comfortable for you in retirement. And for, for many people, I, and that's why I said earlier that I think people are actually better off than they, than they may mm-hmm. realize. Um, because even if you haven't saved a lot for retirement, most people are still going to have a meaningful amount of social security income. Believe it or not, a lot of people still have some sort of pension or some sort of other, um, uh, you know, more, more reliable income source in retirement. So, And then it just, it it comes down to, well, what are you willing to do? Are you willing to work a little bit longer, which would allow you to save a little bit more and kind of has this uh, ripple effect across your finances too, because that's maybe that's a year or two less that you're not um, pulling money out of your portfolio to live in retirement. But instead of uh, retire, being retired, you were saving more during those couple extra years that you were working. Um, maybe it just means taking less trips or less vacations or doing less discretionary things. Like I know, Brenda, you like to golf, but golf is an expensive hobby. Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, there are, there are with life, just like with money, just like with life, there are just trade-offs. And so the goal is to, to figure out, well, how, how do we make it work? This is the situation. This is the reality that we find ourselves in. How can we make the best of it with where we are today and what we've done so far? Because you can't go back and change the past. We can only deal with where we are today. And that's why, you know, a lot of times I, I work with a lot of 401k plans and the employees in those plans. And I'll have people um, talk to me quite often. They're in their 50s. They're getting close to retirement, maybe even a little older. Maybe they're in their 60s and they feel trapped. They, they, they have all this regret. They feel like it's too late for me. I hear that all the time. It's too late for me. And I, sure. I say it's never too late because every dollar that you can save, just start where you are today and do what you can today. How, let's figure out what we can do today to improve your situation down the road, because that's all we can do anyways. Oh, I love it. All great sound advice. Hopefully for those who are listening today, maybe this just really encourages them to say, yep, this Lent, I'm going to get this under control. And that, again, will allow you to set aside that worry, that anxiety, and really to better serve the Lord. Ashley, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you, Brenda. Scott, this whole show was surrounded around the fact that recently you and I have met with our financial advisor to kind of look at our future. It seems very strange to me, and we are in our 50s, you maybe in your mid 50s to mine <laughs> early 50s. But nonetheless, to think about the fact that we are looking at our retirement now, and that's, you know, 10 to 15 years from now. In many ways, it seems like, oh, that's a lot of time. But on the other hand, I think, wow, not a whole lot of time at all. And how much relief and anxiety we were allowed to let go of knowing that, well, from what we have put into place, we're going to be able to do okay in our retirement. But we did not have a plan. And that was, I think, maybe one of the reasons why we put off that discussion is because we didn't know if we had done enough. And as Ashley said, the earlier you start, the earlier you have that plan, well, it doesn't take a whole lot at all. But it was kind of an anxiety-ridden meeting knowing that, well, had we done enough? Yeah. Isn't that just a, uh, a microcosm of what we experience in our faith? Have we done enough? That sense of, have we done what we've been called to do as disciples of Christ so that we can receive the imperishable crown that St. Paul speaks of? Well, this is kind of in, in that in that real world sense of what we're dealing with, preparing for that, for that absolute end of our career into something that will re- require a retirement benefit. Um, and it really came to, to light in realizing that three of our four kids are out of the house. Yeah. Our daughter's going to get married in just a couple of months. Uh, that The one that's at the house. And so we'll be, we'll be with our son. So out of our four kids, we'll have one child in the house. And that really becomes um, apparent that, okay, we got to get ready for you and I into the future once our once our jobs are done, what will we do? And we and we talk about it with excitement now because we're going to do great things for the Lord. We just know it. 
it brings up a good point too that have we done enough in our own marriage in our own relationship to look at those retirement years and think yeah we have built something that is not dependent on our children being home we were married for nine years before our oldest daughter was born and we knew very well how to live with just the two of us and how to enjoy life we had these years to raise all of our kids and now we, I think, have the ability to look at our retirement and go, yeah, can't wait to get back to those years, too, when it's just the two of us, because we put the work in to make sure that we're on solid ground financially and also within our own marriage. I'm inclined to put to people's minds when I do spiritual direction, and I remind myself of this, too, that as human beings, one of our greatest gifts is, is the ability to reflect. And as we reflect on those nine years where we thought, my gosh, you know, how come we're not having kids? What's what's the holdup? Well, there was no holdup. And in God's plan, we see that more clearly now that you're my best friend. Mm. And I look forward to when the kids move out and we can be best friends focused on one another in in a more complete way than we have been in the last you know 20 years because of the uh, fact we've been raising kids. Not that they're distractions, but they take our attention. And towards the end of our lives, when we are now seeing our own parents, and my parents have since passed, but your parents are both alive, that it's oftentimes that reality that all I have really is you to confide in. Uh, I have friends, but it's you who I have been given by God to confide in and give myself completely to through this sacrament of marriage that is just my reflection on that and our ability to reflect is such a grace to see that in perspective and that's what we're getting we certainly got that the other day absolutely so perhaps one of the things that you can do this lent is to have that conversation with your husband with your wife and say all right we need to look at this in the long run Mm -hmm. where are we at right now and how are we going to get there and if you are newly married definitely take the advice of ashley and look at what you can do right now and have that plan because boy when you don't have to worry about funds and that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be times where it's difficult but you have a plan and so that way you're always working towards something and especially for Lent, God does not want us to have anxieties and worries. So give up those anxieties and worries, say a prayer together and then tackle these really important decisions. Scott, before we go, you end us in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the blessing that you have given us in what we have been given in this life and we trust this Lenten season that we can regain perspective on what you've given us so that we may share that in prayer in alms in giving to those in need out of our gift that you have given us we ask all this in your name jesus christ amen and that is going to wrap it up for us this week please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith our family and our view from the pew god bless have a great lent You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.